Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. Hello, I'm Nigel Watson from Wessex LMCs and I'm here today with Andy Sharman. Would you like to introduce yourself, Andy? Hi, yeah, my name's Andy Sharman. I work for the Wessex Primary Care Training Hubs and I'm the Learning Environment Lead for Allied Health Professions and Physicians Associates. And today we're going to talk about physicians associates. What, what's your background, Andy? I come from a paramedic background. I spent 18 years within, in the ambulance service as a paramedic and worked as a specialist paramedic, particularly in primary care, and then moved into various sort of national roles before beginning my local role down here in Wessex, HE Wessex. And I think when we talk about PAs, there's a lot of confusion amongst GPs about exactly what their background is, what their training is, um, what they can do. So can we just start off with... What sort of people go into becoming PAs? Yeah, well, so PAs can come from a huge range of backgrounds. Uh, the majority of PAs come from uh, sort of healthcare science-related courses. So they will they, to actually access a physician's associate programme, you have to have a formative healthcare-related degree. So that could be oh, in healthcare science, yeah. biomedical science, cardiology. That sort of. Um, we but you also have nurses, paramedics, physiotherapists, who are also on Physicians Associate programmes as well. So they're all graduates? They're all graduates, yeah. It's a postgraduate course. And um, is there a course in Wessex? Yes, we have two courses running across Wessex. We have a course at the University of Bournemouth, which started in uh, January last year, so January 2019. Um, And then we have a course that runs at the University of Portsmouth, which started in September 2019. And how long are the the courses for? The course is a two-year course. It's a very intensive two-year master's programme um, where they actually go through a whole the whole range of presentations and they go through rotations through various different sort of departments. They'll spend time on general medicine, they'll spend time in A&E, and they also spend time in primary care. And am I right in saying, certainly for primary care, we've, we, we haven't had that many PAs in practices, whereas in other parts of the country, there are more of them in practice? Yes, across Wessex, we've only actually got three uh, physicians associates working in primary care at the moment. Um, we have one that's been sort of in place for about two or three years, and then we have two people who've started in the past six months. So we only have sort of a couple, in the other parts of the country, especially up in the northeast, they, they have a lot more of them. They've been very, very sort of rolled out very efficiently up, up, in, up in the northeast. And presumably with the two courses now, we're going to have more students coming on stream looking for roles. Um, And these people are training, they can choose whether they go to secondary care, who I presume have made more use of PAs. Yes, um, because the, the actual course is a, is a generalist programme, so it's a two-year generalist programme, so they will actually cover everything, so they will have to have placements in all areas um, with that. Ultimately, when they finish, they can decide where they want to move. A lot of them have traditionally gone into, into secondary care. Um, part of that was due to the fact that they, used, they would spend about 120 hours in these different, different areas on the rotation, and 120 hours in primary care, which didn't really set people up. Yeah. enough to go into primary care. So HE, a couple of years ago, um, decided to actually increase and fund up to 512 hours in primary care in those two years for their placements. And both the universities that we have in Wessex have actually taken that on board, so they will be spending five, a minimum of 500 hours in primary care. So now practices can have you know, medical students, student nurses, but also the PAs are spending time in training training practices essentially yes yeah definitely we've got um 20 sort of students at the moment well 19 students out of the university of portsmouth that are currently on the primary care their primary care placements 
Uh, University of Bournemouth have uh, 17 starting on their primary care placements in a couple of months' time. All right. Okay, so um, these, these PAs go through their training, they finish. Um, where, if they were to work in general practice, for example, and I suspect with the primary care networks and with the additional roles funding, obviously next year um, two additional roles come in to be funded. One is um, first point of contact musculoskeletal specialist, but also the PAs become funded essentially. So, you know, across um, Hampshire, Dorset and Wiltshire, we've got probably 420 practices and about 82 primary care networks. Mm-hmm. So potentially if every one of those networks in, you know, the Wessex and um, BSW, we, we could need 82 PAs, which aren't going to be there from the 1st of April. But, but it, those that finish, you know, we want them to come and work with us. So in my primary care network, if I managed to find one of these um, rare people, mm-hmm. what, what could they do for me? Because I think many GPs probably aren't quite aware of what a PA would do in terms of supporting them or working as in the practice team. Yeah, because um, what a PA can do is is that, because they have that general skill set, the easiest way to actually look at how they work it by comparing it, it with the comparisons is if, if you employ a advanced nurse practitioner and you employ a advanced or a specialist paramedic, they will have a similar skill set to those. So they will, they are trained, the PAs are trained in the medical clerking model, so they will be able to take histories, they will actually be able to do sort of full multi-system assessments. Um, they are classed as dependent practitioners, uh, so that therefore means they have to always be working under supervision of a GP. It doesn't mean the GP has to be standing looking over their shoulder, but they have to be able to have access to a GP at all times because they are classed as dependent practitioners because at the moment they're not regulated. But they are going to be regulated by the GMC? Yes, they are. They are going to be regulated by the GMC. And uh, that then may change the fact that they may no longer then be classed as dependent practitioners that we don't know can they prescribe? They can't prescribe at the moment because to allow them to prescribe, you have to be a regulated healthcare provider. That's the legislation. Um, so they can't prescribe. So until they're regulated, then they can begin the journey to go independent, to look at independent prescribing. But again, the journey for non-medical independent prescribing can be quite a long and tor- torturous one. Um, it took nurses 26 years, physios 16 years and paramedics 12 years. Um, it may be quicker if they're registered with the GMC because they have that medical support, but it's not something that's going to happen next week. So if, if I employed one of these people in my practice on my network, I could be running my surgery and they could be in the next room doing a surgery as well. Mm-hmm. But you know they could take a history, examine somebody, um, they could order some investigations yep. um, with the support from the GP, and the GP may need to go in there and, and you know have a, have a discussion about yep. it. But actually, could save considerable amount of time for add capacity to a practice without doubt because they they can they can sort of free up the, the time for the GPs because if you actually have them being able to take a history and actually and they will be able to make diagnoses as well. So then, and it's just if then they need. Uh, sort of um, pharmacological intervention, then they would have to knock on the door of the GP and say, "Look, mm. this is we've I've, I've done this assessment. Um, uh, I think this patient's got this, and therefore we need to supply them with this drug." And then that would then be handed over to the GP to do that. If they don't need any pharmacological intervention, they would record the notes as as anyone else would within that, and they would then be able to sort of discharge that that patient or pu- push them on to 
further care vital to the GP if they need some further investigations that's outside of their scope of practice and competence. So it's quite interesting what you said earlier that some nurses are being trained as PAs. So if you're a nurse and you could develop into a nurse practitioner and prescribe, why would they go down the PA route? Really good question. And I've asked the same because um, I, I don't know why it is. I think... Because if you're a nurse, if you're a paramedic, you can go down a specialist and advanced practice, but you can even become a consultant. So then you think, well, why do they? Yeah. Why would they do the PA role? Perhaps they, they fancy a new challenge, um, but we don't really know why they would feel that to progress clinically, they have to move into a, P, into a PA role because they can progress clinically in their own, in their own actually, in their own profession. Okay, I mean, when we talk about PAs and physician's assistant, that's quite a clear term, and physician's associate, but we mix the two up. Is there a, is there a difference as far as you're aware? What do you call them? Uh, we, we call them physician's associates, and the legislation, they will be regulated as physician's associates. A physician's assistant will be more of someone providing purely administration support, Yeah. Uh, whereas they actually will provide sort of interventions. They will be able to actually carry out far more detailed, you know, sort of system assessments. So they'll be able to do an ENT assessment, abdominal assessment. Where, and that is a distinction that we have between what, because you have your GP assistant, which people often hear about as well, which does make things muddy the water slightly. Um, but the physician's associate is a unique role which has this unique skill set and go through this very intense two-year programme to actually develop them into those roles. So is your expectation through, you know, the work done locally with Health Education England and the local workforce um, strategies looking at significantly increasing the number of PAs that become available so that general practice and secondary care can benefit from these um, people? Yeah, absolutely. Because um, we have the two courses now that are running across Wessex. They are, they've got two cohorts of 20. They're looking at taking on second cohorts and maybe increasing the numbers to sort of 30 in each cohort. Um, there are obviously a lot of PAs out there from some of the other universities, St George's University trained PAs, um, you know, Brighton trained PAs. So they are in the local area, sort of within a certain sense, so there would be some available. So you can identify some in Wessex for us, can you? <laughs> well, we can, we can try, try to do our best. But, um, so there, there, there are a, a number of them out there, but we, it is going to be a while before we have a significant number working in Wessex unless we bring in people from outside of the area. So general practice really need to embrace this workforce, which will help them as we've got a, you know, we've got a workforce crisis and a workload crisis. If we want to address the workload and the workforce, this is a really good opportunity to be perhaps more open-minded about what these um, other skilled people can do. Yeah, and I think that's the key thing because traditionally within the NHS, we've been very, very good at, at rotating staff around different areas. So you may, if you take a nurse from a hospital, the hospital loses a nurse. So you're not increasing the workforce, you're just moving it around. Because PAs come from a traditional non-patient facing workforce, um, we are actually bringing a whole new workforce. So you're actually increasing the number of patient facing clinicians as opposed to just moving them around. So that is a real strength for the PA programme as well, that these traditionally have not had contact with patients, direct patients, whereas now they are moving into those roles where they will have that. So therefore we increase the numbers of people able to see patients. Thank you very much. That's been very informative. I've learned a lot. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. Wessex LMCs, supporting you and your practice. <laughs>